Good morning. It's Monday, January 27th. You're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott. We've got an interview coming up with Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy. Why do we reach out to Coach Mike Gundy? Well, first of all, he's a great person to talk to, always has a good quote or two. But secondly, uh, the other week on the podcast, we had 24-7 sports writer Chris Hummer on. Chris named Oklahoma State as one of the winners of the offseason, given that star running back Chuba Hubbard, who led college football in rushing, and star receiver Tylen Wallace, who was a Bolitnikov runner-up two years ago, were both returning to school rather than going to the NFL. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to our interview with, with Coach Gundy. Before then, though, real quick, and I know this is not an NBA podcast, but it is a sports podcast, and I'd be remiss if we did not touch on the biggest sports story of an very young of a very young decade, but in 10 years, I don't know if we'll get another one this big, this sad, this tragic, that Kobe Bryant, an NBA legend, was killed Sunday in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. Among those dead is his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna Bryant. ESPN reports they were on their way to a travel basketball game. Gianna was a, a talented basketball player herself. You're consuming this podcast. You've consumed probably plenty of sports news in the last 24 hours. You've read all the Kobe stuff. You've watched all the Kobe stuff. You've listened to people who actually knew Kobe or played against Kobe or with Kobe talk about it. But fourth all-time in scoring, five NBA titles, two finals MVPs, 81 points in in a game once. And just for so many people, a defining sort of enduring icon uh, in sports and in basketball. And maybe you're listening to this and you once – you know, wadded up a piece of paper and threw it into the wastebasket and said, Kobe, or maybe you're listening to this and you decided once you wanted to, you know, kind of change numbers mid career or whatever. I don't, I mean, Kobe had his, had the people who loved him. And of course, obviously had his uh, people who didn't like him so much either, but for anyone who was growing up when Kobe Bryant was ascending to the NBA throne and when Kobe was three peating with the Lakers with Shaq in a love hate relationship, I think it's pretty clear he'll go down as one of the greatest athletes uh, that we ever got to watch. So I wanted to mention that before we got to our interview with Mike Gundy. Uh, and here it is. You've reached Oklahoma State University. Please enjoy these classic music selections performed by the OSU Men's Glee Club, Orchestra, and Concert Band. All right, Mike Gundy joins us now. His Oklahoma State Cowboys have been deemed a winner of the offseason given the returns of Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace and are getting some buzz as a dark horse playoff team in 2020. Coach, how does that all sound to you? Well, I think it's awesome. We're we're very fortunate that we have a a good group coming back, and um, they've worked hard. Uh, and, and I said this the other day, I don't know where I came up with this quote. It kind of popped into my head during some media interviews, but we, we've got a spot in the, uh, in the gate, uh, at the horse race at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, we got nine months of training. So when those gates open, uh, we can run hard and finish, but we've got a lot of work ahead of us. But, uh, with all these guys coming back, a mature team quarterback coming back, uh, gives us a chance to definitely get to the post. I was going to ask you about your Kentucky Derby quote. How many times in your tenure have you sort of you emerged from from one season and you already kind of know in January that you're going to be really good next year? I would imagine headed into 2011, 
you know, you had Brandon Whedon coming back. You knew you had Justin Blackman coming back. You were replacing Kendall Hunter with Joseph Randall, who got some run. And then probably again with Mason Rudolph that, that year when him and James Washington came back. But how many times or how special is it as a college coach when it's January and you already know you're going to be pretty good? It's a fun time. Um, we go through cycles here at Oklahoma State. Uh, and we, we all know this. If, if you have a really good culture and you run a good organization, you have quality players, um, you, you have a shot every year. But, but to get to a point where you can potentially finish for a conference championship, you have to have NFL players on your roster, in my opinion. You have to get great quarterback play. So we're going to have a number of guys on our team next year that are good enough to play in the NFL, and we have a quarterback that's coming back from uh, 12 games of experience. So when you have that set up, it gives you a feeling that um, uh, the next year could be pretty special, put the hard work in, keep everybody's attitude good, and gives you a chance to compete for a conference championship. On the flip side, I like how you, you said you go through cycles. I, I don't think fans appreciate that as much as college coaches might. Every offseason, fans start to kind of talk themselves into 10 wins regardless of which program they root for. How, how do you sort of level expectations with, with, with different fan bases or with your fan base? And, and you kind of, okay, well, if you didn't get Chuba or Tylen back, you know, maybe do you, do you tell yourself, all right, this is a, a reload year or what? If we would have gotten one back, uh, you still have the, the shot for the expectations based on um, health and, and how your team holds up to give you a really, really good chance. Uh, I, I think most fans know how teams go through cycles. They just don't want to believe it. Um, but, again, I go back to uh, we have to have a certain number of players on our roster, whether they're seniors, juniors, and sophomores, who are potentially good enough to be in NFL camps that gives you a chance to compete at the highest level because if you look at who's winning conference championships, um, Oklahoma's won a bunch of them lately, Ohio State, um, all, obviously Alabama and LSU. So those guys are playing with um, a, a number of NFL players on their roster. Um, for example, LSU had however many in their senior class and then nine guys come out early. So that's a big number. It's difficult to compete with teams like that if you don't also have guys on your roster who are good enough to play in the NFL. Right. So tell me about those conversations with with Chuba and Thailand. How looped in were you on that? And maybe how did you celebrate the news that they were going to return? Rob Glass, our strength and conditioning coach, um, he's tied in more with our players that have the potential to come out early to the NFL. And he has discussions with them starting in October. Um, he ties in general managers, directors of scouting for each um, organization to give them the information they need. They need, I should say, we, we sit down with them, talk to their parents, talk to them. In Thailand's case, um, if he wouldn't have gotten injured, I think he would have come out. He would have been a – I'm pretty certain he'd have been a second-round pick. I, I feel like he, he would have thought he was ready to go. The injury um, setting back from a performance standpoint, can't run a 40, can't have a pro day, can't work out. So that would have knocked him down to at least the fourth round, maybe later. That, that discussion, even though it wasn't just a slam dunk, um, when we gave him the information, um, he was fairly certain he wanted to come back, which he did. Chubas went deeper um, because he was uh, in a position that um, people really didn't know where he would go middle, second round, all the way to fourth round. 
um, a dramatic difference financially up front in, in those uh, rounds in the draft. Um, what we told Chuba was, you're only 20 years old. You've only played 15 games in American football. Um, you have a chance to develop yourself into a first, second, and third down back, which in the NFL, if you're a first, second, and third down back, um, you become way more valuable. Uh, so he had the most upside, in my opinion, of any player that we've had here deciding to return for another year. Have you ever just sat across the room from a player and been like, hey, man, you got to go? Sure. Sure. We we did that with um, my suggestion with Whedon um, and really Russell Okun, who was the six-player pick, um, Blackman. Um, when, when those guys talked about it uh, and they asked my opinion, which a lot of times they don't, um, in, in their case, I said, guys, you, you should probably just come out. Um, and then they would ask a question, and I would say, for example, they would say, well, don't we have a chance to up our stock? Sure you do. You will up your stock. But well, I certainly understand if you're coming out, you're going to be a first-round pick. So my, in my history, I've always said if, if we know a player has a high percentage of being a first-round pick, he should come out. Sometimes you, got, you have guys that want to come back and finish school, like Russell Okun. He would have been a late first-round pick. He wanted to finish his education. So he comes back, he ends up being the sixth player pick in the draft. So he makes three, four, five million dollars more up front. He has his education. He had a home run. Guys that um, are middle to late second round picks, that's where the debate starts, in my opinion. Because if you're a middle to late second round pick and you come back, you're another year older, more mature, stronger, faster, then you're probably going to jump in the first round. You're talking about a lot of upfront money. And I, I don't think the public realizes the NFL does not want players to come out early. When they come out when they're 20 years old instead of 21 or 22, that puts a lot of pressure on them and whether to draft them, if they're mature enough, if they're physical enough. There's a lot of, of things that can work against them. So the NFL would prefer these guys stay in school all the way till the end. That gives them the best chance to evaluate them, and they know what they're dealing with for the big picture. So I feel like in the, in the last maybe 10 years, there's been this change in perception of we've, we've just sort of started to assume that players, if they're draft eligible, are going to come out. And, and Chuba, our, our running back in particular, is a really good example of that. I'm sure you saw Clemson's Travis Etienne. He kind of got some blowback for coming back. Alabama's Najee Harris was a surprise too. So just to kind of follow up on that, like as a college coach, I wonder what you think about the perception, maybe it's national media, that draft eligible players are wrong or silly or dumb to not just take money and run. Every situation is different. Uh, family background, uh, potential injuries, position you play. Uh, you can even go into what year, what kind of a year it is in the draft. I mean, some years are, are they got tons of wideouts coming out. Some years it's a thin draft at the wideout position. If you're a wide receiver, that should all be taken into account. And, each one of these guys, like like Russell Okun, wanted to graduate. Okay, last year Justice Hill was here, came out early. He's already graduated. So, particularly a young man that graduates on time and has an extra year, in most cases they're going to come out. You're seeing a lot of that, and that those are things that aren't talked about in public. So, um, each case is different. Depends on the demeanor. Depends on the family, the background. Some of these guys like being in college. They don't want to mess with the pressure of the NFL. So um, it's really hard to pinpoint 
or say that they all should just do this or do the other. It's just so based on their history, their background, and what they feel. Um, there is a trend for guys to come out more so than ever, but you're also looking at percentages of some players that come out that don't get drafted or they get drafted in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round, which if you get quality information from um, NFL GMs or directors of scouting, they will tell you, in most cases, if you get drafted in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round, you're just looking to, to play your last year of football because there's 53 chairs in that NFL room on each roster. There are no seniors graduating like in college, and those 53 guys don't want to give their paycheck up. So they're not looking for somebody to come in and take their spot. And players that are free agents, or particularly sixth or seventh round picks, in most cases have probably decided to play their last year of football in college because they're just not making those positions. That makes sense. Coach, if a player went undrafted, do you believe he should be able to come back to school? Yes. I think they should um, um, be able to come back in an undrafted situation because that means that that team didn't burn a pick on them. Now, if you decide to go and you're the second-to-last player picked, then it's tough cookies because that team burned a pick on you. But if nobody burns a pick on you and you're a free agent, you should be able to come back to college because you didn't hurt anything. That's my opinion on it because we don't want young people to make mistakes and have to live with it forever. Um, sometimes they get bad advice. They make mistakes. Okay, you didn't get drafted. Come on back. I agree with you, Coach. Uh, last question, I, I and this is a kind of off-the-wall one. My colleague, Evan Daniels, had one of your colleagues, Oklahoma State basketball coach Mike Boynton, on his podcast and asked him, if you weren't coaching what would you do? And Mike Boynton said he'd be running a morgue. So I kind of have to ask you, can you top that? If you weren't the head coach at Oklahoma State, what would you be doing? I would be farming. I live on a 110-acre ranch. Uh, we farm. Um, we run some cattle. We do a lot of things. I love being outside. I love farming. I would not be able to sit in an office, uh, in a business, and be inside all day. So it would definitely be farming and um, would, would probably enjoy doing it and live to be 100 years old while I was doing it. I kind of thought you might say that. Thank you, Coach. Okay, y'all have a good day. That'll do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please drop us a five-star review or a five-star rating. I think they're kind of different, but sort of the same thing in Apple Podcasts. We've got a fun few weeks planned for you guys. Uh, recruiting is really picking up with signing day right around the corner, second signing day at February 5th. So. Make sure you're, you're listening every day to get some good stuff from us. For Connor Tapp, for Tani Levitt, who's our producer, and for Mike Gundy, I'm Trey Scott. We'll see you on Tuesday.